You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, I'm Seth Peterson. Hi, I'm Debbie Hedren. I'm Rhonda Schwartz. I'm Josh Roberts. This is Jesslyn Gilson. Hello, I'm Victor Webb. Hi, this is Charlotte Ross. Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. What's up, you guys? This is AJ from the Backstreet Boys. Hi, this is Shannon Elizabeth, and you're listening to Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. And you're listening to Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. With John Patch. John Patch. You're listening to Talkin' Pets with John Patch. Hello, America, and welcome to Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. Join John and his expert guests with all of your pet questions, concerns, comments, and stories. Now it's time for Talking Pets with your host, John Patch. And welcome to Talking Pets, heard coast to coast on your favorite radio station. This is Talking Pets, and I'm John Patch. Joining us is Dr. Lisa Santonzi from... From Hernando County Animal Services in uh, Brooksville, Florida. And also Dr. Vincent Tonzi. From the Hillsborough Community College Veterinary Technology Program in Plant City, Florida. We welcome your phone calls. Pick up the phone and give us a call. You're listening to Talking Pets, and of course, we want to talk with you. The show is produced in-house by our executive producer, Mr. Bob Page. Hello there, sir. Hey, when you call in, everybody, at 877-807-4048, you'll speak with Justin at Genesis Communications Network, and he'll put you on the line with us. That's 877-807-4048. So pick up the phone and give us a call. The show is produced by Mr. Bob Page. Hello there, sir. Hi, Bobby. How are you? It's better to be back to the warmth. Uh, yeah, it's a rough 60 degrees outside. Yeah, I mean, and we left what? Two degrees? Freezing, frigid New York City. For Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. But Happy. we are back at the ranch. Happy to be home. We are. But pick up the phone and give us a call at 877-807-4048. We do have a special guest joining us for a couple of minutes. His name is Ken Jones. We're going to be talking with him about the uh, actually his organization. And it's called 18 for Wildlife. So we're going to find out a little bit about that organization. So pick up the phone. Give us a call. 877-807-4048. Once again, I'm John Patch. And Dr. Linda Register. Talking Pets. Once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. And Dr. Linda Register. Pick up the phone. Give us a call at 877-807-4048. We're connecting up with Mr. Ken Jones. So when we get him on, we'll be talking with him about his organization called A-Team for Wildlife. And we're going to find out a little bit about what that organization is all about. But pick up the phone and give us a call. We want to talk with you. 877-807-4048. That's 877-807-4048. Once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. Bobby, feels good to be back though, right? It is awesome to be home. We had an amazing trip. Great radio show last week on Saturday. And then just a week full of goodness in the city covering Westminster. It was a great show. Yeah, we did really well. Um, And we also had a good time posting social media stuff, pictures. Uh, well over a thousand pictures were taken by the Talking Pets crew and posted to our social media sites in and around the city covering the behind the scenes of Westminster. So if people want to see that, you have to be part of our Facebook and Twitter, correct? Yeah, all you need to do is just log on. TalkingPets.com, T-A-L-K-I-N, Pets.com. All our social media sites are right on the top of that homepage. Just click on those, and if you prefer Facebook or you prefer Twitter, we have both, and you can check them out. Well, right now we're going to speak with Mr. Ken Jones. He's with the organization called A-Team for Wildlife. He also does a podcast called Jungle Deep. But uh, we're going to find out a little bit about A-Team for Wildlife. And uh, Ken Jones, welcome to Talking Pets. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's nice to have you on the air with us. I, w- I want to introduce you to Dr. Linda Register. Hello. Oh, 
Hello. And um, actually, I, I just came back from New York City, and I brought a special present back with me. It's called a cold. So if you, if you, <laughs> if you, if you start to hear me hacking up on the, uh, on the air, just please forgive me now. <laughs> and hopefully he doesn't share. Yeah, I'm trying not to. Uh, well, but, I, I, I would not expect to um, be sharing it with you from, from this distance. I don't think so. I'm on the other coast. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about 18 for Wildlife, what the organization's all about. Um, I understand, though, it, it's, it's a new organization, right? Yes, it's brand new. In fact, we haven't even launched yet, although we're launching before the end of the month, I, I believe, very possibly next week. So it is brand new, and we're doing things that haven't been done before. I'd love to now, tell you about it. It involves, actually, adults and children, correct? Well, yes, it's, um, there's about there's six parts to it. Um, it, it. It really starts with the International A-Team, and this is the first time ever that uh, champions, young champions uh, of conservation have come together from around the world and formed an organization. And uh, the, the purpose is to inspire other children, to show them, to be an example, role model, showing them that they can do amazing things, too, to help save endangered species. So the group is about saving endangered species, and our, our, our mission is to uh, serve youth that are doing that, serve youth that are saving endangered species. You know, the way everything's going with the planet these days, I mean, you know, with climate change and everything like that and, and human encroachment, it's extremely important that we take care of what animals we have here, and it, it is best to always work with the kids. Well, you know, it, it, most people are aware that, you know, wildlife is in trouble, and uh, they say about 25% of the species on the planet are in danger of going extinct within our lifetime. A lot of the iconic animals we all know and love, like lions, elephants, uh, rhinos, the pandas uh, are in great jeopardy right now. They're, we're losing we're losing two or three a day on average, and uh, the numbers have dropped uh, incredibly. In a lot of these species, there were a hundred thousand or more individuals in Africa, for instance, uh, in, when we were kids, and and now they're down into just the thousands. And in some cases, there's only hundreds of of individuals left. So uh, something needs to be done. And half the people in the world happen to be children, and and I know that children love animals. And I believe there's nothing more powerful than children's love for animals, and, and our organization is, is here to kind of demonstrate that. With the help of these kids, these, these handful of really special kids that have already done amazing things to help animals, and they've come together, and we've, we've pledged as an organization to support this uh, inter- international A-team is what we call it. You know, and the thing is, uh, your website is uh, www.a-teamforwildlife.org, correct? That's right. So the .org actually means, so people know, that it's a nonprofit organization. Yes, we're a nonprofit organization, and, and uh, we currently have a web page up that gives the, uh, the big picture of what we're about and how we're going to do it. Our, our brand new, we have a new website um, just about ready to launch here that's um, going to be incredible uh, res- uh, resources for kids who, who love animals. There'll be all kinds of um, resources, videos, audios, um, uh, amazing things all in one place, uh, available to, uh, uh, to our members. Now, we, uh, another facet of this is, is A-Team for Wildlife is like a, a super club for kids. All kids that love animals really should be a member of A-Team, and they can be. It's $20 a year to be a member, and they have access to this, uh, what we call the Wildlife website, and, uh, and our activities for uh, raising awareness and funds to help support endangered species. And the very, uh, you know, the top performers uh, will be invited to join the international aid team and, and, that, and the special support services that they get. 
and the media exposure that they get as, as what, being members. What ages does it target? How old do the um, kids need to be to be yeah, a part well, of it? Well, you know, I we target the um, from about age six to fourteen, but anyone under nineteen is available, or, 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 or excuse me, um, you know, welcome to join. So it's we we have stuff for all ages, and uh, anyone under nineteen is welcome to become a member. And you said it, to be a member of uh, 18 for Wildlife, it's basically just $20 a year? Yes, it's $20 a year, and um, for that they get exclusive access to the uh, to this amazing uh, website and support for forming local A-teams in their communities uh, with other kids, and, uh, and then uh, a whole host of activities. And one of the really neat things that we're doing is uh, it is, among other things, a fundraising uh, effort. And for kids that do raise the most funds, we are providing not not prizes, but we call them exciting educational wildlife experiences. We kind of wanted to stay away from the more material uh, approach to things, and so we're we're not offering offering stuff for these kids, but we're offering educational experiences, which look like free trips to zoos and and wildlife preserves and overnight VIP uh, weekends at places like the San Diego Zoo, and we're definitely in the process of setting up some overseas safari. For some Definitely these. a lot for them to yeah. get involved in. Dr. Jones, don't go away. You're the executive director of A-Team for Wildlife. We'll be right back. You're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. And Dr. Linda Register. If you have a question, give us a call at 877-807-4048. Talking Pets. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Swipe It's a revolutionary new product that literally swipes away cat hair from virtually any surface. You know, most of us struggle with a roller or vacuum cleaner to clean up cat hair, but anyone who has tried either of these knows they just don't work very well. But Swipe It's patent pending glove has a magnetic-like quality that removes cat hair from almost everything. And best of all, Swipe It's is machine washable, so you can use it over and over again. To order, just visit SwipeIt's.com. That's S-W-I-P-E-T Yes, a simple solution for shedding. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. As you know, we are in New York City for the 138th Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. And out of the sporting dogs, three types of gun dogs are used by the hunter in the field. Pointers and setters locate upland game a field for the hunter by either pointing the nose toward the scent or by setting, which is assuming a rigid stance. Retrievers bring killed or wounded game back to the hunter. Spaniels, long or dense-coated breeds, work close to the gun in rough cover, locating, flushing, and retrieving game. There are 30 breeds or varieties in the sporting group, and the top four for Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. Number four was the English Springer Spaniel. Number three, the Golden Retriever. Number two, the Black Cocker Spaniel. And number one for the sporting dogs was the Irish Water Spaniel. Once again, I'm John Patch. And Dr. Linda Register. Who? Amanda Page. Give us a call, 877-807-4048. 877-807-4048. 
8074048. We're speaking with Dr. Jones, Mr. Ken Jones, the executive director for A Team for Wildlife. Um, you got to check out this. It's, you know what? I got to tell you, Dr. Jones, your website is cool. Oh, well, I mean, thank you. But you haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> Our new one's going to be amazing. It's very flashy. It's very exciting. I mean, it, I like the colors you use in it. And I got to ask, I mean, I'm looking at your A-team right now. You're uh, um, of adults. And um, Tarzan. Yes. What's the deal with Tarzan, <laughs> the African we, ambassador? Yes, we, we boast the only nonprofit organization that has Tarzan on our board. Does he go to schools and stuff like that and talk to kids about animals? He does in South Africa. He lives there, of course. Um, and he, he does go to schools and give talks there. And uh, he's very active in, uh, of course, supporting uh, our A-Team for Wildlife as well. He's uh, working on some public service uh, announcements, some videos uh, that we'll be releasing to that are anti-poaching messages. Um, and who better to do that and deliver that message than Tarzan? Okay, does he have Cheetah and Jane yet? No, he hasn't found his Jane yet. <laughs> okay, well, maybe um, Cheetah. Cheetah I'll, you know, he's, he's got a lot of wildlife friends. I, I, I don't think, um, I don't think uh, we found Cheetah for him yet either. But uh, really this guy is as close to the real deal as you can get. He, he is an actor and filmmaker in South Africa uh, and a bodybuilder. Uh, he's, he's got a, a beautiful physique. He, he actually has spent many weeks in the wild in nothing but a loincloth with a knife, living as Tarzan did to get to get totally familiar with the character. He loves the Tarzan character and the and the moral character that he represents, and uh, he, he intends to be the next live action star in the movies to portraying uh, Tarzan. I see, actually, your uh, prodigies of conservation, which are the kids. And uh, Dr. Linda asked you a question about the age group, so you take pretty much any kids under the age of 19. And uh, I see a lot of the different members here, and it looks like a lot of them are from, like, the United States, England, Africa, India, China, Australia, Canada, all over the world. That is right. That is right. We have them from around the world, and uh, these are the best we have found to, uh, to date. And uh, we've invited a few more, and we're always on the lookout for more to, uh, kids that have uh, done outstanding things to, in conservation. And most of these kids are intending to become professional conservationists one day. But these kids, some have, uh, some have appeared on stage. Uh, some have uh, gone to the United Nations and spoke. Some have raised uh, lots of money. Uh, there's uh, one, one kid in particular and his brother who, um, who was in a wheelchair and started when he was age nine. They're now teenagers, but they've raised three quarters of a million dollars to save orangutans. That's just one example. We have impressive. another kid there, Luca from Florida, Florida excuse me, from Africa, who um, he's only nine years old and he's already got his first professionally made music video out uh, with a, a conservation message. So these are the kinds of kids we're in, we're inviting to be uh, international A team members, and and we, we we encourage anyone who has a kid they want to nominate for that to uh, to let us know. We'd like to invite them. You know, it's interesting because on your site, too, it's very educational in itself, and you were talking about poaching um, earlier, but you also talk about habitat destruction, and I, I find it interesting that you're saying here uh, it is killing off most of the treasured species, and you have on here three tigers per week, 50 yeah. elephants, four orangutans, three rhinos, and two pandas killed each day on average. You know, the rhinos, uh, in particular, numbers just came out last month that the, the rhino poaching has increased 
from uh, it was just over 600 last year, to, uh, well, the year before last. Now in, in 2012, it's gone up over a thousand a year now, just last year. So it's on the rise. That's that's the amazing thing. I mean, most of us have heard uh, conservation messages all our lives, but um, it's now got it's now critical, and it's just it's at an all time high, and it's getting worse than ever before. It's it's truly an emergency, and um, I, I think we need a whole lot of kids to help us turn this around. Well, I mean, I, I, I applaud you on this. This is actually a great idea, and um, I look forward to hearing more about it and learning more. I also notice on here, um, Dr. Linda, of course, is a veterinarian, and I see on here that you, I guess, make visits not only to zoos and wild animal parks, but you go to vet hospitals, too. We intend to do that, too, as a part of the activities that local aid teams uh, will, will be doing. Uh, we'll be to have field trips to, uh, to, to, to visit exotic animal veterinarians and see how they do the work that they do. Well, congratulations on this. And, and so if kids want to get involved in it, do they go to the website and they join that way? Yes. Starting in about a week, you'll be able to go right to the go to the same uh, website address, but it'll, it'll be a new website and it'll have the facility for uh, 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 sign up right there on the website. So you can sign up within just minutes on the website. And anyone with kids or grandkids uh, that love animals, owe it to them to, uh, to check out that, uh, that website and, and become an A-Team member. And the website once again? Well, that's uh, www.ateamforwildlife. That's a hyphen team for wildlife, all one word, dot org. And that's how you can join and find out more information about the A-Team. So congratulations on this. And like I said, I really look forward to hearing a lot more. I think this is going to be an amazing uh, feat that you're going to be doing here with this organization and, and with these kids. And that's what needs to be done. Well, thank you very much. We're, we're, we're very excited about it, and uh, we're looking forward to the future, too. We're working hard to, to get there. And I appreciate you helping us get the word out. I really do, John. Thank you. Definitely. On behalf of Talking Pets and, and, and myself and all, please give our, uh, our best to your kids that are involved so far. And I'm sure this is going to grow and grow and grow. And, uh, and give our best to Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll tell him you said hi. All right, Dr. Ken Jones, Executive Director for uh, 18 for Wildlife. Thank you so much for joining us here in the segment of the show. Thank you. Once again, that's A-Team for Wildlife. If you want to check it out, you want to join, if the kids want to get involved in it, go to the website. It's www.a-teamforwildlife.org. I think it's a great idea. What do you think, Glenda? You've got a little girl. I mean, Yeah, I think it's Lita. a really good idea to help them uh, get involved and get in touch on a um, larger scale besides just their community. And it's cool because it's only like a membership is $20 a year. I mean, where can you join anywhere for $20 that's a year? That's less money one most people spend at Chuck E. Cheese when they take their kids there. Right. Less than a movie. And the kids actually get to see themselves on the site and get involved in it and, you know, and, and go on to zoos and vet hospitals, which I'm sure you have a lot of kids that come by your vet hospital. Oh, yeah. Actually, last week, we actually had the pre-K kids come over from the local preschool. Well, check it out. A-teamforwildlife.org. It's a great uh, great job that they're doing here, and it's going to be launched in about a week. So uh, join now. Check it out. A-teamforwildlife.org. This is Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. And Dr. Linda Register. And Amanda Page. Give us a call. 877-807-4048. We're open to your medical questions. This is Talking Pets. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. 
In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Hi, I'm Dr. Jones. I invite you to join us on the podcast that explores the tropical lifestyle, Jungle Deep. Jungle Deep. Deep. Our safari includes exotic animals, tropical plants, exotic food and drink, jungle movies, exotic music, rainforest conservation, and wildlife preservation. So join us. Jungle Deep. 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 Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. With this hour's Talking Pets news from the USA Today, live from the ranch, here's your host, John Patch. Out of Frankfort, Kentucky, the Department of Fish and Wildlife Resources has begun surveys to assess bat populations and monitor the spread of white-nose syndrome. The disease has been linked to the deaths of millions of bats of variety species. Dr. Linda? Anchorage, Alaska. Alaska musher Alan Moore early Monday won his second consecutive Yukon Quest International Sled Dog Rescue. The 56-year-old from Two Rivers crossed the finish line at Takini Hot Springs near Whitehorse, Yukon Territory at 2.12 a.m. Alaska time, according to the race website. Mandy? In Little Rock, Arkansas, a 13-year-old giraffe that died at the zoo last year aspirated to death after it was attacked by another giraffe, according to the preliminary necropsy results. Jigsaw died December 29th after getting into a fight with another giraffe, an 8-year-old named Misi. John? In Miami, Florida, reduced adoption fees are being offered during Pet Adoption Week in Miami-Dade County. It's part of an Open Your Heart and Your Home campaign that runs through this Sunday. Phoenix, Arizona. Several people were stung when thousands of bees escaped from a truck at a truck stop in West Phoenix. People in the area were told to seek shelter until the bee exterminator responded to control the swarm. Hopefully they weren't Africanized bees. Mandy? El Paso, Texas. A drug-sniffing dog helped officers at a Texas border crossing find almost 30 pounds of cocaine with a street value of nearly $1 million in a truck bed. John? I think that's part of that white nose syndrome in bats. <laughs> in Concord, New Hampshire, a New Hampshire group created to protect and restore migratory bird populations is celebrating its centennial. New Hampshire Audubon was founded in 1914, and the group is planning a variety of programs, actually throughout the year, to celebrate starting with a birthday bash on February 15th at the McLean Audubon Center. Nebraska. People are invited to run for wildlife during Run Wild at Eugene T. T. Mahoney State Park and help celebrate Threatened and Endangered Species Day. The event is scheduled for May 17th. People choose to run from 10 or 5K trail run. 
In Eden, North Carolina, the Department of Health and Human Services is warning people not to eat fish near the site of last week's massive uh, coal ash spill at the Duke Energy Coal Ash Pond on the Dan River. The energy is working to, or agency is working to collect fish downstream of the spill and will evaluate the data. John? And once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. And Dr. Linda Register. And Amanda Page. Give us a call at 877-807-4048. We're open to your medical and your behavior questions about your pets. This is Talking Pets. And once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. And Dr. Linda Register. And Amanda Page. Pick up the phone and give us a call. We want to talk to you about your pets. Of course, the number is 877-807-4048. 877-807-4048. We just got done speaking with Dr. Jones of uh, the A-Team for Wildlife. So you can check that out at ateamforwildlife.org. That's their website. But we want to talk to you. So if you've got a medical question or a behavior question, the doctor is in. Dr. Linda Register from East West Animal Hospital out of Tampa Bay, Florida, and she's a specialist in acupuncture as well. If you brought your needles today, you were going to poke me, weren't you? I was, because you have a headache. I do. I have a headache, and I have something going on up there. I was hacking all night long. I didn't sleep much last night, and I can thank my one of my best friends, April, for that. Thank you, girl, for hacking up on me on the plane. I don't know, Mandy, you were on wow. that plane. I, you know what's weird? I mean, there's a lot of people wearing masks. Did you see that? I did. And, you know, that's pretty respectful. I know people, at least in the U.S., are not as accustomed to doing that as in other countries. But it's not a bad practice anymore, especially in a plane. It's recycled air. Do you have to do that as a doctor, as a veterinarian, when you're operating on pets and stuff? Do you yep. have to wear a mask? Yep. When I'm in surgery, I do. When I do dentals, I'm supposed to. Honestly, I don't always but that's more for my protection than for the patient but when we're in surgery like doing spays neuters garth removals um exploratories orthopedic stuff it's to protect the patient but when we're doing dentals it's to protect us because we have all this bacteria spraying from when we're getting the tartar and stuff out of the mouth so the masks work i mean they look they look bizarre when you're like walking around like the airport and you see people wearing them. I mean, but they are protective mm-hmm. and they do work apparently. Hence, I wasn't wearing one and either was April. They're hot though. <laughs> they, yeah, they can be hot. You mean hot temperature wise or they look yes. hot? Uh, no, I don't think they look hot. They just feel hot. And that's the thing I struggle with the most. Yeah. There was a time I did wear one when and, I wasn't feeling well. And, so, and some people have a hard time breathing through them at times. And there's like different styles like... Um, my staff like the ones with the elastic around the ears. I hate those. I like the ones that tie because I got to be careful because of my glasses. Right. Especially when I'm doing surgery, having your glasses steam up when you can't see, not a good thing when you're doing surgery. <laughs> I mean, I always see on Grey's Anatomy, because I love that show, um, that they're always like, even when they walk into an into a operating room, like even if they don't attach it to their face, they're just walking in for a question, they hold it up to their face. I mean, what is that? I mean, is it just like germs are going to come out of the mouth? And yes, spew exactly. On, exactly. On yep. So that's the same thing with your pets? Yep. So, gang, if you don't see your veterinarian during an operation or whatever going on wearing a mask, make sure they put one on. They, we require to wear caps, mask, um, for anyone who is in the surgery room while we're doing surgery. And, of course, if you're touching the patient, sterile gloves. And some facilities, especially universities, specialty hospitals where they're doing orthopedics, even covers on your shoes. Yeah. 
It's interesting because I mean, on some you know, you always see it on TV. They're doing an operating, you know, an operating procedure on a human, and they automatically left a sponge in there. Or, oh yeah. Or a scalpel or That's something. TV. But does that happen in the in the animal world? Does sometimes things it, get left behind? It potentially can. The thing is to be careful. And you know, I tell people, you know, I don't know exactly how long the surgery is going to be. There's going to be a lot of variations, even with quote a routine spay. Although there's no such thing as a routine surgery in my opinion um is is to be careful and you know there are certain checks that that we will do to help prevent things like that from happening i mean you were talking dental mm-hmm. and do you consider that routine dental no 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 and especially that, when i have to extract a bunch of teeth uh, what about also too that uh, anytime that you have to put an animal under anytime you have anesthesia. to put an, an, an animal under anesthesia it's not necessarily routine because things could happen right? things could happen um even something that seems to be very simple you know have an aggressive animal you have to sedate you know to do x-rays or get blood or look at an injury or something there, there's risks involved um there's more risks the more problems the pet has um there's never a zero risk even in the most healthy patient because there could always be problems that you don't know about because not all patients show signs of problems that's why it's important to do the blood work in advance exactly exactly but age is a factor under anesthesia right not in and of itself if the patient is healthy. I mean, I've put patients, you know, 14, 15 years old under anesthesia. If they're healthy enough for the procedure, I don't have a problem. But at that age, we're more likely to see abnormalities, high liver values, high kidney values, heart problems. And depending on what's being done, it doesn't necessarily mean the patient can't go under anesthesia. We just have to be more careful and watch for certain things more closely, which is why, especially at our hospital, we hook them up to EKG, um, pulse oximeter, which checks blood, oxygen, saturation. Um, Some people hook them up to a, a respirator temperature probe and blood pressure so we check all the same things that would be for you if you went under for a procedure and i have and i have too <laughs> and um i think at this age we all yeah we all yeah have. <laughs> <laughs> for one thing or another maybe something is quote quote simple as a colonoscopy or something but you know it's funny because yeah. when we were kids we would always hear our parents talking about you know uh, medical procedures oh i have to have this done or i'm on this medication so here we are there so we'll go off to dinner and what are we all talking about what medication you are now (laughs) oh it hurts when i have to get out of bed in the morning you know what's funny my mom won't let me do that she stops me she's no really just stop it and they say nothing (laughs) that's kind of funny but you know even surgical procedures leela had her tonsils out when she was four yeah and she was hooked up to the same thing so you don't necessarily have to be old tonsillectomies and having tubes put in the ears are the most common procedures done in pediatrics and a lot of kids have had that done so I'm glad Leela had her tonsils out because now I can get a full night's sleep without her waking me up in the middle of the night. Now I worry about the dog waking me up in the middle of the night instead. Yeah, you just got a new dog. Just got a new dog four months ago. Ralph? No, Anubis. <laughs> not Ralph, not Fred. It's Larry. Oh, or Larry. Larry. No. Anubis is it's, awesome. It's, an, it's Anubis. Why Anubis? 
because I needed a stupid name to name my dog. It's not <laughs> stupid. Anubis, he's Pharaoh Hound, or at least majorly Pharaoh Hound. Make it real simple for the kids in the neighborhood to know you. What's your dog's name? Anubis. Yeah, Here, Anubis. Anubis. Anubis is the god, is the Egyptian god of the dead. And because his head looks like Anubis, which is a dog head, that's why I named him that. Okay. It's better than Thor. God Thor's the, a stupid name. God of the Dead. It well, now sounds that you so just offended sweet. everybody who has a dog named Thor. Well, no, Thor was stupid for him because he is I like, I happen to a like mid-eastern Thor. dog, not a Nordic dog. Well, who Thor is good for Thor? Whoever had him before me, the uh, rescue group. Oh, that and was I'm his like, name. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm like, no. Well, we change Albert's name. Guess what it was? Johnny. Uh, Johnny. <laughs> Really? I didn't know that. He didn't look like a Johnny to us. And he was so young. We're like, okay, let's switch it up. He just didn't look like a Johnny. He didn't yeah. look like You're me. Johnny. <laughs> and it's not like that I think Thor is a stupid name in general. It was a stupid name for him. Yes. Because of, you know, his origins. We're just giving you a hard time. It's amazing, though, how people come up with names for their pets. Yeah. You know, I mean, what what they think about. I mean, for me, I've got my two cats, and it was rain and snow. So for me, it was like I, I knew I wanted to go environmental, and one's white, one's gray. So mm-hmm. I thought rain, snow, and um, and and of course. Not to drop names, but yeah, to drop names. And I, I talked to Betty the one day, and Betty White and I were talking, and she was like, what about rain and snow? And I was like, okay, that's it. Well, actually, I had a snowy come in, and I told him about uh, your rain, rainy and snowy and about the birds, you know, about Zachary going, rainy? Rainy. Yeah. Or snowy? Yeah. Snowy. When rainy! You ha- when you have parrots, you never know what they're going to say, so you got to be careful. Yeah, they talk about hiding bodies. Yeah, you got another job we don't know about. Hey, before we go out to a break, real quick, because I didn't get a chance to talk to this because we were at Westminster. And but you got, did you you guys watch the Super Bowl? Yes. Yes. What did you think this year about the ads? Um, I was very underwhelmed as a whole. There were a couple good ones, but they were underwhelmed. I was also sick, so I went to bed during the fourth quarter. Yeah, I thought they were boring. Yeah, I mean, actually, let alone the yeah. game was boring. Yeah. Um, but the thing was is that uh, the top ad, of course, was Budweiser. Clydesdale's puppy wants to stay together. I like that. I like that one too. And I think it was like right in the last quarter of the game. It was. I actually that. I went to bed right before that came on, and does was like, oh, it's a puppy commercial with Budweiser. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> They did a lot of military commercials. I did notice that. There was a lot of military commercials out there, um, which which was good. I mean, they were good commercials. But it was weird because normally there's a lot more animal ones. Um, and, like, the biggest one was the Clydesdale and the puppy for Budweiser. Mm-hmm. But um, another one was Chevrolet. They had a, a bull gets cow's interest. That was kind of funny. Um, so there were some things. I mean, but... Uh, you know, the animal ads are the ones that sell. So those are the ones that you need to make more of. And it definitely would have made it a lot more exciting, at least during commercial time, because that was game was boring. Game. It oh, was. It's pitiful. Well, give us a call. We're open to your medical and your behavior questions at 877-807-4048. I'm John Patch. And Dr. Linda Register. And Amanda Page. 877-807-4048. Talking Pets. Talking Pets. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get six dollars off your order of sixty dollars or more, and up to forty percent off the entire Petco site. That's right, but that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of forty nine dollars or more. 
$6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. Hi, I'm Dr. Robin Gansert, President and CEO of American Humane Association, the country's first national humane organization. Here to tell you about our new show, Be Humane, on Pet Life Radio. Each week, we'll be bringing you the latest news and issues affecting our animal friends, and we'll also be bringing you interviews with Hollywood's biggest animal advocates, here to share tales about their pets and what they're doing to promote a more humane world. Our own highly experienced staff and friends the organization will also join us each week to share what they're up to in the animal world. I hope you'll stop by. Until then, let's always remember to be humane. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> At the 138th Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show, the Hound Dogs, sporting hounds, man's indispensable partner in the pursuit of game, were developed before man came to depend on firearms. Hounds come in many sizes and shapes, breed for work, bred for work, with game in places as varied as the Arctic and Africa. Basically, the hounds are known by how they track game. Sight or scent. Afghans, Salukis, and others of the Greyhound family locate their game by sight and with their remarkable speed run it to ground. Others like the Foxhound, Basset, or Bloodhound trail by scent, giving voice all the while so the hunter can follow. Dachshunds kill underground and otterhounds in the water. There are 31 breeds or varieties in the hound group. The top four at the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show this year. Number four, the Irish Wolfhound. Number three, the Basset Hound. Number two, the Whippet. And the number one dog in the hound group was the Bloodhound. And you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. And Dr. Linda Register. Pick up the phone and give us a call at 877-807-4048 if you've got a question about your dog, your cat, your rat, your mice, whatever you may have, your gerbil, whatever. 877-807-4048. The doctor is in from East West Animal Hospital, Dr. Linda Register. So we want to talk with you guys. So if you've got a medical question or a behavior question, give us a call. 877-807-4048. 877-807-4048 is a toll-free telephone number. So pick up the phone. Give us a call and let's talk pets. You know, Dr. Linda, um, yes. out of that hound group that I was just, and I love hounds, by the way, um, that group, everybody at Westminster this year, right? Mandy would, like went crazy for the bloodhound. Oh, yeah. He was uh, spectacular. Madison Square Garden just like erupted. It was so loud when, when the bloodhound came out. But I noticed actually like on the bloodhound, the eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're so saggy. Mm-hmm. Um, adorable looking, but very saggy. Mm-hmm. Is that a problem for, for bloodhounds? I mean, it, it can be. For some of them, it can be a congenital problem. Sometimes they need surgery and they're so saggy that, you know, debris and stuff gets in there, dirt, and they're prone to infections. Also with the floppy ears, a lot of them are prone to ear infections as well. And while I 
haven't seen many bloodhounds, you know, in my career. They're just not popular in this area. The ones that I have seen, a lot of them have had skin issues too. So, and that's the thing when you're looking, if you're looking for a particular breed is you need to look, and Mandy and I were talking about this um, a little bit ago about certain breeds that we see in the hospital. Um, You need to be sure you can handle the problems with that breed. Um, and, and it doesn't necessarily mean your pet's going to get it. It's just that if they're going to develop that problem, you want to be able to emotionally and financially and physically be able to take care of the problem, whether it's allergies or orthopedic issues, hip dysplasia, whatever. And mixed breeds generally have less of these problems, but it doesn't guarantee it. It all depends on what they're mixed I've with. I've heard that so. before for, for years, actually, that your purebred is automatically designated to have a skin problem or an eye problem mm-hmm. or, or a heart defect or something of that or hip dysplasia like more prevalent to like a purebred dog depending on the breed but like what you just said was the mixed breeds i had heard because they're different types of dogs that right it's what they call hybrid hybrid vigor you know you get the the good genes combined together but if you have two breeds breed together that are both prone to hip dysplasia there's still a good chance that that mixed breed dog could get hip dysplasia or two breeds you know mixed together that have heart disease you know so things like that and this is one of the the few things um i think the DNA testing can help with not so much the ones at the pet store, but with your veterinarian is if you, it it is more money. Um, we take blood, not a cheek swab, but based on the DNA testing, they can give you an idea of does your pet carry the genes for certain problems? Does it mean they're not going to have problems? No, but you could be on the lookout for certain problems and and address them before they become a major problem. When you were talking about hip dysplasia, I've always heard, of course, for larger dogs, that's more prevalent yes. but small dogs can get that too right um potentially not as common i actually saw a cat with hip dysplasia this really? week and that's not something we normally see in cats but based on the x-rays i would definitely diagnose this cat with hip dysplasia do you notice a lot of cats that come into your clinic that have problems with their legs because i mean they're, they're always jumping around i know mine i mean my cats are 16 years old now and every time marini would jump off the bed i'm kind of like be careful. <laughs> You're going to break something at this age. Not not so much with that. My 15-year-old, I mean, my one of my cats is about the same age as Rainy and Snowy, and he still jumps on the high bar stool and stuff, too. Um, I do see cats with injuries more than one, you know, more likely ones that go outdoors, but also uh, cats that have been declawed. Um, will have issues too because when you declaw them and you take that first knuckle off, you're, you're changing the whole structure of the foot, and there are secondary problems that can occur. And it's not necessarily. Does that happen with age? Yes, it's worse as they get older. So, and I actually, I actually saw a cat um, that was limping. The owner brought the video in, and I took a look, and it it turns out the cat's been declawed, and the cat has several calluses on its toes because of the change of anatomy that's probably causing him to limp. Now he still jumps and stuff, but if he's limping when he's running or whatever, there's obviously some discomfort. So there was um, I don't know if you were there, Mandy. I think Bobby was. Uh, um, we were at a place called. Uh, uh, the way station, wildlife way station out in California. And we were out there like working with some chimps and, um, Bobby, you were there, weren't you? Um, and, and the lions and stuff like that. Yeah. And they had a, um, panther there, a huge cat, of course, mm-hmm. that was declawed. Mm-hmm. And as it got older, like you're saying, it became worse. And mm-hmm. this panther could not even walk Yeah. in order for them to transport it from one place to another. They had to carry it yeah. and it spent its, it spent its life basically on a mattress. Yeah. It was so sad. 
But I mean, that's the thing is that people, first of all, as our friend Tiffy Hedren would say, I mean, you don't need to have an exotic animal in your in your living room. No. Something like that, like a lion, tiger, or whatever. I mean, some people, and even monkeys. I mean, people like to have monkeys, and it's just once they become hormonal, they'll go crazy. Well, and the thing is, they're really messy, too, and people don't realize, especially like chimpanzees, are much stronger than they look. They're a lot stronger than people. And, yeah, rip I mean, your arm they can, off in a second. Well, they've ripped faces off before. That too. So. Well, once again, thanks for joining us here on Talking Pets in this hour. Uh, I'm John Patch. And Dr. Linda Register. And Amanda Page. Bob Page. Don't forget, spay and neuter your pets and help control that pet population. By the way, you can actually go to our website, TalkinPets.com, T-A-L-K-I-N, Pets.com. There's a video on there of the New York Pet Fashion Show that we were at right on the homepage. Click on it, and uh, you'll see the new video. And, yeah, I am walking in it with my um, companion there or whatever. Uh, Haley actually was walking with me, an 8-year-old little girl, and it looks absolutely adorable. So please check it out at TalkinPets.com. And don't forget, as Bobby always says, and as we always say, and Amanda and everybody else, Join us on Facebook and Twitter. We have about 20,000 on there right now. We want to see 20,000 more. And you can check out all the pictures from the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. About 1,000 of them. So go there now. TalkinPets.com and click on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for joining us here in this hour of Talking Pets. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.